Welcome to the Salty Hair Self-Care Conversations. Join me, Claire Fowle, as I chat with thought leaders, wisdom weavers and self-care believers as we explore what taking care of ourselves looks like. Welcome, lovely. In this conversation, I am talking with Emma Stewart and Emma and I connected on Instagram and we have um, become mujis, which is friends. And Emma just, oh, she is such a wise woman. I learned so much from her and am so inspired by her work in the world and the way she is in the world. And it's really amazing. This conversation, um, usually I record them in um, Zoom. And when we recorded this, I was still sharing them to Facebook as videos. But technology had other ideas on the day that we had this conversation and it wouldn't record the video. And so all I was left with was a recording on my phone of our conversation, but with no no visuals. And that afternoon, I was driving in the car. I was like, I have this amazing conversation, but all I have is the audio. How am I, I don't know how I can share this. And a moment later, the inspiration came. This is a podcast. This is bigger than sharing the conversations on your Facebook page. This is a podcast. And quickly my mind was like, oh, yeah, these conversations that I am having with women, they're big and beautiful and important and it has been a beautiful safety net to release them on my Facebook page. But now I'm ready. This is the nudge that I need to make it a podcast. And so uh, in that moment, this podcast was born. So I really thank Emma. I really thank our ancestors who I know were supporting us in that moment and the universe. Um, And, yeah, there's so much beautiful, uh, just juicy goodness in this conversation uh, with Emma and there's a moment in this I'm not sure if it was when we were on air or uh, afterwards we were talking about ancestors and Emma says you know you've got ancestors too Claire and it was it was a real aha moment for me I knew I had family I knew I had family kind of going back a long way but I never thought of myself as having ancestors and in the months since we recorded this that has become really central to my daily life and a couple of weeks ago I posted a photo of my grandma and Emma sent me a message and she said Claire that is who was there when we were talking about ancestors she's like I saw your grandma's face which doesn't surprise me at all but uh still delights me and yeah It's a joy to share this conversation with you. I hope you enjoy. 
So welcome to the Zimzum self-care conversation for this week. Uh, due to some technical challenges, um, you may be able to see me, you may not, but um, today I have also got Emma Stewart here uh, with me and I'm going to introduce you to her in just a moment. Um, but first, I wanted to invite you, Emma, and everyone watching to just take three big breaths together um, to open the space and just to get our hearts beating together um, as we come into this conversation. So we'll just take a big deep breath in through our nose and let that go out through our mouth. And we take a deep breath in through our nose and out through our mouth. Take that final big deep breath in through our nose. Let that go out through our mouth. And as we open this space, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands where each of us sits. I acknowledge the Gurringai people as the traditional custodians of this land. I recognise and respect their cultural heritage, beliefs and relationship with this land since time began. And I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as the first people of Australia. They have never ceded sovereignty and remain strong in their enduring connection to land, waters and culture. As we get started, I set the intention that our conversation will be a source of joy and soul connection for us, Emma, as we explore the ideas and wisdom around our self-care and that these ideas may be valuable and useful for those listening and that we will all receive what we need to and collectively feel connected and nourished. So welcome, Emma. Um, Oh, wow, that was so beautiful. I just want to start by saying thank you for that beautiful acknowledgement of country. I think that's one of the best acknowledgements that I've come across and believe me, I've heard a lot. So thank you so much for putting a lot of thought around that because I could feel the genuine nature of your words as you express them. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, Emma. And it has been um, such a, it's something that I now do everywhere that I go. I, I do it at the beginning of every conversation, but even we had people over um doing a a, some just training for school and it's something that I now try and do wherever I go it just feels like a tiny thing but a really important thing that if we can each just keep remembering that then I feel like big ripples can hopefully come from that so thank you for your beautiful affirmation of that um, and I think that's a beautiful. It's a good start. So I'm grateful. Oh, thank you. Well, I think I think it um, it kind of ties back when I was reflecting. It's only a couple of few months since I discovered you on Instagram and we connected. But I love the way that you so generously share your journey and what you're going through and how you're beautifully navigating it, but also how you weave and articulate your Aboriginal wisdom into that Um, and that has been a huge source of learning for me. Um, 
So you're a proud Bidjigal woman from the Aboriginal community of La Perouse and the founder of Jirribiti Healing. Um, and you explained to me that the word Jirribiti translates to snake um, and that you chose this to pay respect to traditional rainbow serpent creation stories um, and then also like a snake um, that Aboriginal culture is really um, in a contemporary setting, it's evolving in the way that a snake sheds its skin and it's finding that balance of acknowledging culture and country and creation whilst also finding empowerment through contemporary expressions of culture and healing practices. And so that's what Jirribiti Healing does, that you're working with agencies to build strong, sustainable relationships with Aboriginal communities and you're creating these amazing digital toolkits around self-preservation and empowerment and self-care practices and then you facilitate yarning circles so welcome Emma that is an amazing I'm just so excited to have you here today wow no thanks you for this opportunity to share and learn and grow together and thank you for that beautiful explanation of my business yeah. I appreciate the time that you've taken, yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, it's one bit of what you do and I know that it's a big bit of, of your life. So I just wanted to start on self-care and what it means to you and what does it look like in your life? Self-care to me starts with the relationship that we have with ourselves. Mm. The way that we feel about ourselves and the sense of self that we have will determine how we take care of ourselves. So for a lot of, for the majority of my life, I poured my energy and love into others, which I have no regrets of doing, but I didn't show myself or give myself that same love Mm. and empathy and compassion that I gave to others. And Mm. unfortunately, it led to me having anxiety and having a panic attack over this because putting all of that energy and that care into others, whilst it was feeling uh, filling my spirit, it was also taking away from my mm. spirit because I wasn't giving myself what I needed to cope, to survive, to flourish and to nourish. So from having that panic attack, I really had to take a step back and self-reflect and focus on myself which was very challenging mm. for me to go from one way of doing and being and one, you know, all these set beliefs and programming mm. around that notion of being selfish, yep. you know. And through that, though, through working on myself, figuring out what I needed mm. then became my self-care and what I needed to put into place to make sure that my cup's always full so I can still give, you know, I'm always going to be a giver, but making sure that I give to myself first and foremost and have the best relationship I have in my life is with myself. Mm. And since coming to that realisation, my whole reality and sense of self and purpose has just It's done a 360. I feel so much happier within myself, my family, my friends, my work. Everyone can see the change and difference within me from having that self-love for myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Keep going. I'm I'm just hanging on every word. (laughs) Because I wanted to touch on one final thing that is really something I'm working on currently Mm. and that I'm doing well but I still have challenges in is boundaries. Mm. Because I'm a skipper, I tend to give to people to the point of exhaustion, to the point of being debilitating, to the point where it was getting where I was starting to be resentful of people that I had set out to help. And I thought, this is not who I am. This is not a part of my purpose. Why do I feel this resentment? Why do I feel this, you know, overwhelming urge to just go and pack up all my things and move? You know, I've done a whole new life. Like, that's not where I need to be. Yes. So when I come down to it, I have a coach. So I have two coaches in my life. Mm-hmm. And one of my coaches said to me, but you don't have boundaries. Mm. You're allowed to give and you're allowed to help people. But where are your boundaries around that? Yeah. Are you clear with people about what your expectation is? Are you clear with people that your self and your self-wellness and mental health is important yeah. and you will help people within your bounds, within mm. your limitations? She said, until you know what you need, 
to succeed, until you know what you need to be the best version of you, mm-hmm. then you helping other people is not going to be productive. So I've started putting things in place. Say no has been a very big learning curve for me. Yeah. I've um, learned to kind of look at it as a positive. I've been saying to people, I love your vision. I love your idea. Mm. I don't have the capacity at this time. You know, I might refer people on to other people I know that do have the capacity or I'll say, not right now, and I'll explain why and I'll explain my journey. And people are so respectful of that and they appreciate the vulnerability that comes from that. They appreciate the strength that I have in saying that and they understand that, Whilst I care and love about how other people feel and, every, you know, other people are so important to me, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I am my most important person in my life. That's a very hard statement to make mm-hmm. as a mother mm-hmm. because my son, my son is still my number one. But if I'm no good, if mm-hmm. I'm not taking care of myself, all of my relationships will suffer from that. So I'm just, I'm practising my boundaries. I've mm-hmm. had to let go of relationships lately with friends, certain friends, because I realise some people will, are happy to take, but they're not happy when you set these boundaries yeah. and you need to start taking care of yourself. So yeah. it's a big learning curve for me around boundaries, but without boundaries, no matter how much self-care you do in the world, yeah. it is not going to work without having those clear boundaries for yourself and for other people within your life. Yeah. Yes, and that is such a great one. I don't think we've really touched on that before, but it is. It's kind of like having a leaky boat, a leak in a boat, isn't it? it doesn't matter what you, how much take care you're taking. If you're kind of just drizzling all this energy somewhere else, then it doesn't matter what you do to yourself. Um, that that's just going to go. And and it's. I, I I love what you said that it's. Um, people do respond really well to boundaries. You know yourself, like if someone says, I'd love to talk, I'm a free between a 6 and 12. And you're just like, cool, I know when to call you. I'm not second guessing or it actually does make it really clear uh, what you're available for as well. That's exactly right because people don't know how to treat you until you tell them. Yeah. People will only treat you the way that you allow them to treat you. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And now, Emma, I'm going to segue um, something that you talk a lot about. I know you do it within um, Durability Healing, um, and I'm just so curious to hear more, is yarning circles. Um, can you talk us through kind of the basics? What What is a yarning circle? And then I've heard you talk about them as a source of real power and healing. Um, so I would love to hear some more about them. Of course. So yarn circles is a concept that comes from Aboriginal culture mm. because Aboriginal people and communities, we work in the collective. It's yeah. not in an individual sense. Mm-hmm. Everything we do, we always think about the collective mm-hmm. and we're, we always believe that everyone has something to contribute and to add value. Mm. And... So I suppose I wanted to incorporate this cultural concept and use it as a tool to help people have yarns and come up with um, solutions to problems. So Mm. the concept of a yarning circle is that everyone comes and everyone sits in a circle Mm -hmm. and we all have a desired outcome. It might be a topic of discussion. Mm -hmm. It might be 
you know, it could be anything. It's from any, it's for anyone from any walk of life, really. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I just run a yarning circle around Aboriginal leadership, and mm-hmm. that that yarning circle spoke about the barriers mm-hmm. of, you know, what training might look like around that. Mm-hmm. Um, some great experiences people have had in other programs, some not so good experiences. Mm-hmm. We talked about how we'd like to embed culture within mm-hmm. an Aboriginal leadership program. And it was also a space where people felt comfortable to talk about the struggles of being one Aboriginal worker in an organisation yeah. where our way of doing and being can at times be conflict with mainstream ways of doing yeah. and being. So it was a very empowering process because yeah. even though we had senior managers, we'd have people from all different levels mm-hmm. in terms of titles in an organisation. Yeah. None of that exists in the yarning circle. Yeah. We are all important. There's no authority. We all respect each other because that, again, is one of the key protocols within Aboriginal community. Mm-hmm. Our number one rule is respect. So mm-hmm. it's all about that respect, the confidentiality that, you know, anything that we say within this circle, everyone's allowed to freely express themselves. Mm-hmm. But what is said within these circles stays within these circles. Yep. And that, you know, if we don't agree with something, you know, we talk, you know, amongst one another, we talk that out because yeah. blackfellas, we're just real straight out. Sometimes <laughs> I sit at these meetings, these, these other meetings, and I go, oh, people really talk around things <laughs> or don't really get the path or, you know, yeah. it's more of a, this is what I'm doing, a self-promotion thing, where yeah. blackfellas will just be like, hang on, no, go back, and we'll just be very straight out. So I yeah. suppose... I can fit into both worlds, yep. and I do say that there are many differences between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal contexts. Yep. I can work, I can work and walk in both worlds really well, mm. and I can appreciate both ways of doing and being. But yarning circles bring back that concept, that traditional concept of sitting, mm. gathering, listening, learning, and sharing, and coming up with an outcome that we all collectively come up with so that yeah. we all feel empowered, we've all contributed and we all feel that sense of importance, mm. you know. Oh, wow. So, I, Yani, and we always do it outside because our people mm-hmm. are very connected to country. I believe yeah. we're all connected yeah. to country, but obviously we're raised to have these beliefs, but yeah. we always do it outside so that our physical body is connected to our country. Yeah. And just having that even, you know, that sense of connection to land, to self, to each other and to our ancestors Mm. is imperative in our communication and anything that we do. So I've done a few yarning circles um, and they've all been really successful and not one has run the same way. So I suppose it creates that environment where it can be really um, authentic and meaningful for that particular group, for that particular purpose, if that makes sense. It sounds so, so amazing and there's lots of um, things going off in my mind. That the first that just kind of is overwhelming is what if we could do this as a government? You know, if government could sit like this um, and speak like that, what a an amazing uh, model that would be. I think we would have a very different trajectory um, as a as a you know, as a country, but as a, you know, to then take that on a smaller scale, it just, I can feel, I feel really emotional just hearing you talk about it. It's um, just 
the groundedness and the um, respect and the the kind of um, the safety that it provides and and what a space to connect to other people and also to explore yourself it, it feels kind of one of those really sacred you know um ideas and it's amazing um i run women's circles and also circles for women and girls to come together and so i'm you know blown away that this and and i didn't i didn't know that there was um I wasn't aware that there was an Aboriginal equivalent, but it's just so cool, you know, when you find those, oh, we're all doing the same thing, you know, we're all Yay! so much more similar than than different, you know. I'm so glad that you said that because that's a big thing that I'm trying to articulate when I'm going and talking to these um, government agencies and organisations. You know, differences separate us, but if we focus on the similarities, because there's a lot more similarities than there are differences, and there's power in the collective, and the more that we focus on the differences, it's just going to create that separation, that divide. And and it's not respecting each other that we might have different ways of doing and being, but at the end of the day, we're all connected. That's what our culture teaches us, unconditional love and that every spirit in terms of human, plant, animals, all of it, we are all connected. So to have this divide and separation, it goes against what our natural purpose of living and life is. And that's, you know, why sometimes our spirits can feel confused and so disorientated because living in a world where we're all not connected or having that... um, that love and respect mm. for different ways of doing and being, yeah. it's just, you know, it's something I struggled with for many years, mm. you know, working in leadership roles when I'm the only Aboriginal person in the room yeah. for a very long time there. I thought I went the opposite and was like, you know, Aboriginal ways is the only way of doing and being mm. and this is what you fellas need to be doing until I thought, hang on, that's down against my own culture here. Yeah, I'm right. not respecting other people. Mm. And respecting other ways of feeling and being. I'm not taking up the opportunity to learn. Wow. This could be valuable for me. Yeah. So as soon as I shifted that perspective and I asked my ancestors for help on this, mm. you know, I said out loud, I went on country and said, my spirit is, I feel depleted. I feel like no matter what I do, I'm not making a difference. I need you fellas, you know, mm. walk with me, talk through me, mm. tell me. And anytime I do that, I always meet someone yeah. that, has a conversation with me about yeah. this or something always happens in my life that they directly put in my path mm. to help me and guide me and show me the way. So I'm really glad and fortunate that I'm on this journey mm. and that's why I'm so passionate about my business and about connecting with like-minded people because mm. as a collective, we can be a powerful force together no matter what cultural background you come from. Absolutely. Oh, I'm I'm sitting here in tears again. I'm just um, and and it's a beautiful. You've kind of come to a beautiful um point that I've really witnessed in so much of what you talk about, and which has um I just it it resonates deeply with me. Is you talk so fondly and so reverently, but so um uh. <sighs> With, with such connection to your ancestors and and that it's not even something that you say daily like I just hear you say all the time oh yeah my ancestors made that happen they put that person there we're working together on this they're speaking through me um 
and I just I I feel that and I I love that um and I I am so interested to hear you say that I think for me I probably talk more about the universe but to hear when you started talking about your ancestors I was like wow that that really um, sparked something for me. So can you just tell, talk a bit more into that, the, that relationship with your ancestors? Yeah, of course. So um, how do I even begin? I suppose we're <laughs> at a very young age to respect our family. Our family is our number one priority, yeah. but also we have to acknowledge the resilience and the efforts of our ancestors because... Without them, we wouldn't be here. Mm. Without them, I mean, speaking in terms in an Aboriginal context, mm. our people had government policies put in place to uh, to exterminate yeah. our us. And I'm going to say it in those terms because that yeah. what it, that's what it was, yeah. to breed out Aboriginality and people. So to come from that, I have no, I've just been taught to have such a high regard and high respect for my ancestors. You know, they've been through things and trauma, but it's just, you know, I can't even begin to fathom to live in a country where you don't belong and that you're not considered as a citizen and that you are put through slavery and, you know, taken away from your family, your culture, your way of being, but we've survived and we're still here and we're thriving. And, you know, my grandmother was probably my biggest teacher and mentor um, and she had such a respect and love for her ancestors and spoke about the strength that they provide and that connection that even though they're not here with us physically, anytime we need any member of our family, it doesn't matter if it's great, 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 you know, because I've got a very deep connection with my nan, great-grandmother, who I'm named after and I've never met her. I talk to her on a regular basis and I feel her strength, I feel her energy, I feel her empathy and I feel her love. So we're taught to embrace that. We're very spiritual people. We believe in good spirits, bad spirits and, you know, all we're just, we're raised to believe and just to know that they're proud of us, that they walk through us, that they talk through us and all we need to do is ask and they'll be here. And, you know, I've had too many things happen in my life that have proved that that connection is still strong and that they still, they love us. And, you know, with us, I know that even with my great-great-great-grandchildren, I'll still be there for them and I know that I'll have that love for them because our family is our number one priority and our main source of love. Mm. So, yeah, it's just, I've I've never been taught lessons to speak, but it's just listening to stories and listening to the value and respect that my family has for our ancestors and learning about their journey and embracing that, mm-hmm. it created a great sense of pride within me, the Aboriginal. I've always seen it as a blessing. I've always mm-hmm. said to people, you know, I'm not to be disrespectful to my other side of the family, mm-hmm. but I'm so proud to be Aboriginal, yeah. you know, and I didn't understand racism. I thought, what are they telling us on about? Yeah. Like, no, we come from strong people. Totally. I overlook look at people and just think, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, we're so connected to each other, to the land, to the animals, to the seas, to everything. Why would would that be a bad thing, you know? So I suppose it's it's been a way of life and living for me because that's how we're raised. Yeah. And that's consistent. You know, a lot of Aboriginal people and communities I meet, the one common thread that we have is that respect. We will always have respect for our ancestors because it's embedded in our everyday 
life and living. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you for articulating that. And, I yeah, I'm just sitting here nodding. You'll see uh, when you watch the video just um, yes. And, and I think I, I completely honour and agree that we don't need to, it, it shouldn't be sugar-coated, the, the history that we have here and that it's, it is just this amazing um, resilience and tenacity and of, of Aboriginal people that they have survived every piece of shit that has been thrown at them and, and it makes me deeply um, fascinated by someone said kind of you know the Aboriginal culture is the longest surviving on earth and it's like this this is a culture who knows how to live you know how to survive and to deeply thrive um and and so it's so beautiful just hearing some of the snippets of of what makes that up what builds out that picture um from you um and I guess to to kind of take that one step further, there was a quote which I read from you, um, which I just wanted to explore um, a little more. And, and what you said was, when I create, I feel at peace. This brought me back connected to my spirit. Um, and so I just wanted to hand over to you kind of as a last one to dive into and and just if you could expand out into that what that means to you to create to create and to how that connects you back to your spirit but sure so I suppose it comes back to that concept of we always used to gather as a people doing um, men's and women's business and Mm -hmm. a big part of that was sitting down and creating and from my background my family created cultural tourism in the community of La Perouse. Mm-hmm. When the government tried to remove our people, my ancestor, my great-grandfather, John Henry Finn, but I just want to acknowledge him, and my mm-hmm. great-grandmother, Maud Walker, mm-hmm. um, they were among um, our family members that decided to create boomerangs, Aboriginal artefacts, a lot of shell work to then sell to... Um, the visitors, the mm-hmm. tourists from the area, so that we could become self-sustaining and self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that was one reason why we did it. But the other is because when you're creating, you're out of that mind space of thinking. So I'm a thinker because mm-hmm. I'm a creative thinker. My mind goes a million miles an hour at times. You know what I mean? I've yeah. just, I've got to be really conscious of that and be really conscious of what does feed my spirit. And when I create, that mind switches off and I feel connected to my family, to my ancestors, to my own spirit because it's my way of articulating how I'm feeling. It's a way of um, getting trapped emotion out of my body. It's a way of paying respect to my family, the the creative gifts that have been passed on to me. It's a way that I can just switch off from that busyness of the mind and connect to what makes my spirit feel happy. And I'm a big believer in whenever you're doing anything in life, no matter what it is, it's either going to feel heavy or it's going to feel light. So any time that I start feeling heavy and having a heavy energy around me or around my space, I make that time and effort to create because I know that when I finish creating, I always feel that sense of peace and happiness because I've brought myself back to a place where I know I feel comfortable. It brings me back to the now. 
Yeah. You know, I don't want to be worrying about the future because I've got no control over that. Mm. I don't want to be stuck in the past, but creating is a way to be present and in the now and remembering the importance of being in the now. So yeah. there's a lot of reasons why I create, yeah. but, you know, the main reason is it makes my spirit dance. Yeah. I feel connected to myself yeah. and I feel like I can feel my ancestors watching me the other day. I did all these boomerangs the other I always say the other day months ago, but so that's just black bowl for you. Like the other day, so that, well, the other day I made all these shell boomerangs mm-hmm. and my auntie Jane, who was my great-grandfather's sister, right. used to make them too. And when I sat on the lounge, all of a sudden I had this, image come in my mind of three old people, old women coming, walking in my kitchen and having a look <coughs> at my boomerangs and smiling and feeling proud. And I always hear my nun's voice saying to people, that's my granddaughter. Oh. Anytime I run something or afterwards, I always hear her voice in my mind going, that's my girl. That's, you know, that sense of pride. So, you know, that's another reason why I do it too, because I miss my nan, I miss both my grandparents, you know, every day. Yeah. And this is a way to pay respect to them and so that they know that I'm taking care of myself because that's what they want for me. Yeah. Well, now I've just lost it on camera. So um, that is just such a, a beautiful um, picture. I can just feel that them coming in and saying, this is my girl. Um, that's, oh, thank you. Sorry, just officially bawling Aww. on camera, but it's, um, it's, it's, it resonates deeply. And I, whenever, especially when we sit in circle, um, I just have this deep sense that it's what people, but women especially, have been sitting together like this for, for since time began all over the world and and that feeling of when we're doing something with our hands that as women we don't really sit still it's this we're cooking or make creating or we're weaving or fixing something um and it kind of just is that weaving in of of more generations and so thank you for Oh, kind of building do on you that. articulate stuff so well? You speak from your spirit when you speak. You can tell that this is meant to be your purpose and that your spirit's happy that you've stepped within your purpose too. <laughs> and, you know, when I talk about ancestors, we've all got our ancestors and yours would be looking down on you and very <laughs> proud of the journey that you've taken on too. So, you know, you should feel very happy within yourself that you've stepped into your power. <laughs> Thank you, Emma. Oh. Well... No, I'll just. <laughs> oh, thank you! What a a deeply, deeply beautiful thing to say, and I really do. I I do have a sense. Mine is my grandma who comes back for me as well, and um, so yeah, I love that that they're there and they're watching and they're there all the time. Aren't they? Just um. In that very practical sense, I love that. So it's so beautiful. Like we said before, just to uh, the more we lean in and talk, we just go, oh, yeah, this is, it. it's not a, it, it's something we're, we're all experiencing and it just um, brings such, such peace and such joy as we connect into that. So. That's right. Beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got a dog. No, no. Oh, can you hear? Well, I do, but he's not in here at the moment, but he may be going crazy somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
we say Mirigan for dogs? Mirigan. Oh, Mirigan. Well, maybe one has joined yeah, us on the just call. To share that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been an absolute pleasure having these yarns with you. It's been you know, such Thank you. And that's that's all I always feel that, that it's having great conversation is one of my absolute favourite types of self-care, that it just, we just fill up on, you know, our soul is so nourished by ideas and connections. So um, thank you so much, Emma, for joining us. Um, and I will pop all the details of where people can find you and all your amazing work on um, with Durability Healing. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much for joining us. Um, and for everyone who has joined us, um, thank you. And until next time, I hope you have a week full of joy and peace. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this salty hair self-care conversation. I hope you're feeling nourished, connected, a sense of aliveness, the way talking about ideas does. And maybe, wow, I didn't realise there were other people who felt like this too. If that's you, you may be interested in our Salty Hair Self-Care membership, a beautiful, inclusive community of women, monthly online circles and gatherings, regular prompts and inspiration, and a sense of belonging and being surrounded by others who are also exploring what it means to take care of themselves. Membership is currently $25 a month and that'll be going up to $40 a month shortly. There's a link below to come and join us. If you're listening on iTunes, I would love you to subscribe, rate and leave a review. That helps others find these conversations too. And finally, I would love to connect with you over on Facebook and Instagram at Salty Hair Self Care. Until next week, keep weaving joy and peace into your day. Bye.